Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen... Brace yourselves for another episode of Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith, and joining me as always is a man who will now attempt to destroy colonialism with the power of dance. <laughs> Mike DiCriccio. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great. I honestly always knew that would be my destiny, if you really think about it. Um, <laughs> this is 100% what your life was leading up to. Correct. Yeah, the culmination of all my training has led me to this moment. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we are doing... Uh, this one's going to be more of a looser episode today. It's actually a movie that we talked about a little bit ago on the podcast. A few weeks back, I mentioned this movie in an off-mic episode where I talked about it kind of like 10 minutes straight. <laughs> and it's one that's been kind of just seeped into my brain over the last few couple of months when I first saw it. Uh, it's just been st- kind of stuck in there. I've, I've been really kind of obsessed with this movie. But before we get into what that movie is and what we'll be talking about, the reason we're doing it is because uh, it's my birthday. Yeah. Hey. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mike. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Mike. So uh, we kind of started the uh, the tradition a while back that uh, we each get a birthday movie every year. So whenever it's one of our birthdays, we are forcing each other to watch something else, you know, some other thing, which sounds a lot like Mike makes Mike watch. And in many ways it is. Um, but I think with the birthdays, it's usually something that's like a favorite of ours that we were making the other one watch that hasn't seen yet, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's there's no answer. You don't get a choice. This is just, we're watching this one movie. We're both going to watch it and yes, talk about it. Exactly. That is the idea uh, behind the birthday movie. Previous birthday movies. Uh, last year, I did MacGruber, which uh, was a lot of fun. And for Mike's birthday, we did Twister and Speed one year. Yes, I think uh, that, that, was that was the first time. I believe that was the, our first time doing a birthday movie. What was the thing last year? What did you do for your birthday last year? Wasn't it last birthday? Wasn't it my last? I think it was two birthdays ago. Because I because my grouper, my, my birthday would have been before your birthday. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember what I did last year. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So it was probably Twister and Speed a second time. No. It was probably Twister and Speed again, right? <laughs> oh, was it The Haunting? Or I made you watch because we the debauchery thing. But I don't think that was my birthday pick. I think that was a Mike Makes Mike Watch. I believe that I The so. Haunting was a different thing. Yeah, we we still have to complete the debaunt filmography, by the way. I yeah. believe uh, Speed 2 still eludes us And uh, and uh, Oh, my God. Cradle of whatever the fuck. The second oh, Tomb Raider. Lara Croft 2, The Cradle of Life. Yeah, correct. Yeah. That one. <laughs> Uh, yes. So yeah, I completely forget. Uh, I'll have to look that up uh, as we're talking, but yeah, that's what we're doing today. It's our birthday movie. Uh, my birthday movie specifically, Mike and I do not share a birthday. That'd be too many things in common. Exactly. Uh, but I want to thank you, Mike, for uh, covering the podcast uh, last week while I was out. Yes, uh, no problem. Of course. Uh, shout out again to producer Colin for answering the 11th hour text message that I sent. Right. Cause I super remembered that I had to do that. Uh, and it went well, you know, we watched the Sonic and it was very fun. So I'm excited to save Sonic. The second one, uh, Sonic two, I think it's just Sonic two, right? There's a subtitle to that i think it's sonic the hedgehog too yeah, yeah. that's all it is we'll yeah. save that for the next time i need colin to come in and save the day <laughs> that's fair and i'm also glad that uh, i was able to recuse myself from the sonic episodes i feel like that's <laughs> that's an accomplishment on my part good job <laughs> Uh, these movies are probably fine, um, but I, I, I watched the first like five minutes of Sound of the Hedgehog on a plane and then fell asleep and woke up like as the credits were rolling. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> and I was like, OK, yeah, I think I got it. I, think, I feel like I understood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got the gist. I, I got the full Sonic experience. Basically. <laughs> 
but yeah, so there you go. But yeah, thank you to, uh, for doing that. And thanks again to producer Colin for uh, doing the Sonic the Hedgehog episode last week. I was listening to that uh, earlier today and it was a lot of fun. It did not make me want to watch Sonic, but uh, you know, I, I appreciated that you guys watched it for me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll fill in the gaps. Don't worry. Exactly. Uh, but today I'm making Mike watch something that, uh, like I said, has really just burrowed its way into my mind. I've been thinking about this movie all the time uh, and specifically the theatrical experience that I had watching this. Uh, I've seen this movie twice now and the movie that we're talking about today is Triple R. Now, Mike, you heard me talking about Triple R yes. a while back. It was a few weeks ago that we I talked about it on discussions and uh, how I was raving about it and uh, that it was on Netflix and that I had not gotten the chance to see it in a movie theater, and I kind of wish I had. A few weeks later, I got a chance to see it in a movie theater. Hell yes. <laughs> there was a, a private rental going on at the Roxy Theater, the end of the theater in my house in Missoula, Montana. Uh, the Roxy had shown Triple R for a one-night-only screening. I wasn't able to be there for that one. Uh, I was working at the Roxy at that time, so uh, I saw you know, the reactions to it, like from the outside and uh, seeing people kind of go nuts for it, uh, just like coming out during intermission and being like, oh my God, what is this thing? And all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then a week later, somebody who was at the triple R screening at the Roxy had a, held a private rental for his business. And uh, anybody who worked at the Roxy was able to go. And he asked if the movie that they showed could be triple R. Hell, are you allowed to tell us that? Is that a thing? I think it's probably fine. Okay. Yeah. It's checking. <laughs> <laughs> throw it out there but yeah so I, I ended up hanging out there and uh went into the screening for triple r and it was a wild ride man it was it was a good time uh so I, I i've seen it twice now and i'm assuming you watched it on netflix right correct on netflix uh but also twice oh you watched it twice also <laughs> yeah i watched it two days in a row yeah oh nice i mean that's a six hour time commitment right there so that's that's you know that, that says something. That's, yeah, correct. Yes, it does. <laughs> I think, right? Uh, so we'll be talking Triple R today, and uh, we'll be getting into that in just a few minutes. First, got to tell you that all the theme songs that you're going to hear this episode uh, were created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own theme songs at kylespodcastthemes at gmail.com. Our logo was designed by Mac V, whose art you can find at Fearless Squad on Twitter. Uh, Fearless Guard on Twitter, I should say. I misread the own, <laughs> my own <laughs> I was gonna say handwriting. It's in a Word document. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I put it in Comic Sans, you know, so uh, it's a little bit harder to read. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, at Fearless Guard on Twitter is where you can find Mac V. If you ever want to pr- uh, contact us and respond to someone we did in the show, uh, you can email us over at MikeAndMikeGoToTheMovies.gmail.com or tweet at us at MikeAndMikePod. And now, let's get into Triple R. Fire! All right, so that was the trailer for Triple R, the new movie from director S.S. Rajamouli, starring N.T. Ramarao Jr., Ram Sharan, A.J. Javine, Aliyah Bhatt, Sharia Saran, Olivia Morris, Ray Stevenson, and Allison Duty, among others. Uh, so, Mike, going in, what did you know about Triple R going into this experience? How did you watch it? Uh, with whom did you watch it? If you watched it like alone or however else you did it? I want to know everything about your circumstances going into Triple R. Um, yeah, going into it, I knew, obviously, the stuff that you had talked about uh, a couple weeks ago and just kind of the general Twitter, film Twitter reactions to it, like that it's supposed to be incredible and it's really unlike anything we've ever seen before and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, like I know, I know how like film Twitter can get sometimes around certain things but i was expecting to enjoy it a lot and uh i've watched on netflix so it's the like you talked about the dubbed hindi version as opposed to the original language uh which i forget tell telugu i think uh telugu is the original language yes um 
which so it's not something that particularly affects me as a person that doesn't speak or understand either of those languages uh, as a viewing experience, although you can tell it is dubbed like a lot of some every now and then the audio doesn't match the like mouth movements and stuff. Right. But you're reading the subtitles anyway in English uh, for our experience. But I watched it on uh, the Discord that I'm always talking about. I was like, let me just get in there. I'm not really going to say anything. I just hopped in. We have a specific voice chat for movie movie watching. I hopped in there and was just like going to be watching a movie and just started playing it and one friend jumped in about like five minutes in yeah and i was like i can't even really explain what's happening already <laughs> like there's so much going on <laughs> right away right the the first half hour or whatever is all these prologues and it's different chapters and all this stuff yeah uh, maybe it's not a half hour 20 minutes whatever it is uh, i think it takes like 40 minutes for the title to drop in this yeah movie. so when the title card hit i was like delayed title card i'm in um yeah <laughs> Which is hilarious that this is like one of the longest, you know, it's up there with Mandy as one of the longest right. delayed title cards. Uh, but yeah, so that was kind of the experience. And yeah, I mean, overall, uh, fucking incredible. I don't understand that movies aren't like this all the time. I can't lose my reaction was like, this is why this was why movies were made so that 120 years later, a triple R can be released. Uh, like, <laughs> it's all been working up towards this moment. Um, and it's kind of nuts to have two of those movies that I've watched in the last six months, uh, but I think came out at the same time between everything, everywhere, all at once and triple R, which I think was released originally in March ish. This around the same time. I think we talked about uh, that last right time. around there. Yeah. I mean, it kind of got like a limited uh, yeah. run here in the U.S. US uh, around March, I think. Somewhere in there. Uh, But just to have two movies come out around the same time where you're like, this is what film is for. (laughs) It's crazy. Uh, Wild, wild experience to be having right now. And yeah, Triple R is a like, you know, grand historic epic that is ultimately about how like guys being dudes can destroy an imperial empire like and and like (laughs) overthrow uh, colonialism and and like the total totally like hetero romance that's possible between two people, two men. Um, And it's wild and just the craziest action you've ever seen before in your life. And right when it starts, I will maybe like the first set, like the story or whatever, the first chapter of the prologue isn't really that yeah. crazy yet you're like okay we're, we're in some kind of heightened heightened territory and as somebody that is not particularly familiar with indian cinema uh i you know i'm not used to i don't know any of the conventions and stuff other than the kind of like stereotypical bollywood thing and i know this is not a bollywood movie um right this is a tollywood film actually okay. uh, i mean kind of researching i mean there's a very good video that uh, patrick has put together with sadan alanka that uh, kind of goes into the history of the production of triple r and you know all of the kind of uh different kind of historical stuff uh, from Indian history that's referencing. Mm. But one of the things they kind of go into is that there are like seven different film industries in India. Bollywood is the one that has gotten the most exposure in the U.S. and it's the one that like most people in the U.S. just assume that all Indian films are Bollywood films. Right. In the same way that like most major studio films in America are Hollywood films. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But in actuality there are like many different production companies in America and it's the same thing in India. Um, Right. And there's like several different regions that have their own languages and dialects that all have their own different film production companies. Yes. So I don't really, I wasn't, I'm not particularly familiar with all of that stuff. So when it starts, right, and there's, and then it gets to, I think the fire is the section, the second prologue and Raju like runs off a barrel over the fence into this, this crowd. And you're just kind of like, hmm. And I like steeple my fingers and lean forward. You're like, (laughs) 
Okay. Intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> uh, and then that, that goes on for like 10 minutes and you're just by the end of it, you're like throwing shit around the room. I don't know. Like, I don't. <laughs> well, that's what you texted me too. You texted me, uh, bro, were people tearing chairs up and throwing them around the theater during triple R? <laughs> yeah. So that, that it was, uh, in response to the last half hour when it's the kind of grand epic culmination. And yeah, one of my new favorite devices that I think every movie should have, which is exposition in the form of background songs. I like are, are the, I assume the songs are also subtitled in the theatrical version because they're subtitled yep. in the Netflix version. And yeah, they're literally just what if in the background of the, like what if in the score their people singing are telling us about what's going on? Like we don't need to have, you know, as your brother and a lawyer, like fuck that. Put that shit in the background score. I like that's amazing. Um <laughs> and while that huge crazy fight scene's going on and it's talking about, you know, beam the lion of the tri- whatever tribe and Raju is the hunter God and like all this crazy stuff. And me and my friends were just like losing our minds in the discord. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like it, it was the kind of thing where like, I, I understand now. Like I wanted to be like, like I said, ripping a chair out of a, like bolted to the theater floor and yep. throwing it out a window. Like that's how it felt uh, watching the, the climax of this movie. And it's a three hour buildup. Like it takes for fucking ever to get there in a great way. Like not as a complaint. Uh, so that when those moments are happening, you're just like fully uh, engrossed, involved, ready for the insanity that's going to go down the total carnage that and that's the other thing this movie is very violent like i was not yeah. expecting that um very bloody and not in really a grotesque way which is interesting it just like is bloody uh, is gory yeah, it's, you know? it's just incredibly stylized yeah that's uh, you know yeah. It, it almost it weirdly feels like you know <laughs> like it's this is gonna be a weird comparison because i know you hate this filmmaker and the movies that he makes but like Zack snyder's style of filmmaking okay where it's you know this beautifully composed images there's a lot of slow-mo that is going yes. down there um but with triple r there's also a really interesting story that's like strong connection between these two actors and the brotherhood that is formed between the two of them and also like there's so much more imagination going on um yes. throughout this movie i think too yeah Yes, that that I think is the key. That is the the like the, the I think where the reaction for me are like this is why film exists is because we the the world is already so dark and fucking sad and angry and all that shit. We just like this to directly attack the Snyderverse, right? Like and that stuff. <laughs> Why not have it be exciting and uplifting and also have d- drama and sadness and, and intense, you know, pain and stuff. But also fucking, yeah, they tie a rope to each other and fly off the opposite ends of a bridge and save a little kid. And it's the coolest shit ever. Have them high five underwater, smash cut to the title card. The fucking cool, like what? But no, it's, you know, it's it's Man of Steel. It's it's Batman versus Superman. It's like, that's what we're using. Hollywood films, comic book movies, all those things are using those, all this, the big crazy spectacle technology stuff to tell like dark sad things oh, I guess specifically the Snyderverse but now that you made that comparison that's all I can think about as like the polar opposite to what triple R is right um and yeah I don't it's it's, it's just fucking cool it's just the coolest shit ever I mean that's kind of the thing about triple R there's so much to it and at the end of the day it's like yeah this is the coolest shit ever just what <laughs> it's, it's, it's just so like good. imagine you and your boys like smoking a joint and be like okay but what if and like that's what this movie is for three and then they rip the tarp <laughs> off the truck and all the fucking tigers jump out and they're yep. like hell yeah dude let's film that 
That's what it feels like. Yeah, the, the the cheer that erupted in my theater when I saw that when that moment came on, which uh, when I saw it in the theater, I had seen it already. Yeah. Uh, so I was like prepared for it. I was ready for it. And I like knew that was going to be a moment that people were going to go nuts for and did not disappoint. Uh, it was pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, we were all just losing. Me and my friend were watching it and going nuts. And then a third friend joined uh, towards the th- like third act when uh, Beam goes into like barracks and breaks yeah. Raju out of prison. So like for the crazy climax and I, we were just like, we don't have time to explain <laughs> explain the, the context. <laughs> uh, we were just like, they were best friends, betrayed each other, didn't know that they were working towards the same goal and now they're back on the same team. And he's like, I get it. <laughs> like, um, and then it's just, you know, 40 minutes of an action scene. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's cool as hell. Absolutely, yeah. So you watched it again the next day, I guess. Did you bring in more friends to watch it that time too? That was the plan, but nobody else uh, knew joined. So okay. we just so also the watched same it. Group. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, I can't believe I have to watch Triple R again 12 hours later for no reason. Uh, <laughs> we started watching it and nobody else joined. And then we were just like, I guess we're watching it again. <laughs> I guess we're in. Yeah. We're in, we're in it. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> incredible. Uh, by the way, the uh, your your previous birthday movie. I looked it up. Uh, your birthday bylaw was Scream Three last year. Yes, that's right. The infamous Scream Three was the one best Scream movie, uh, according to you. Yes. <laughs> And no one else. And nobody else. But yeah, Triple R Rules. Uh, I'm a huge fan of this movie. It's why I made Mike watch it uh, for my birthday bylaw movie this year. And yeah, I think, you know, I, I saw this movie on Netflix for the first time. And uh, there it is dubbed in Hindi. I saw it again in theaters uh, it, it, where it was dubbed in Telugu. And, you know, as somebody who, like you, Mike, very unfamiliar with both languages and everything like that, I found the difference to be pretty negligible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but I think uh, there's a, a couple of moments. I mean, uh, one of the biggest, most iconic sequences in the movie is the big song and dance number they do at the uh the wedding yes. uh, or not the wedding it's, a, it's like a party kind of thing yeah and uh i believe in the hindi version it's called nacho or nachu and uh yeah. in the telugu version it's natu and Uh-oh. that's the only like major difference that like i clocked mm-hmm, <laughs> personally mm-hmm. because that's such a big part of the movie and uh, they sing that over and over again <laughs> yeah yeah i guess i guess you know from a certain like representation standpoint it's important that this could that this should be released in its original language uh right and i believe in some streaming areas it, like it's there's a lot of like weird rights issues in terms of like which language can stream where that's essentially fascinating so very kind of weird stuff going on there but if you saw it in theaters you saw it in telugu and i mean the, just the the history of this where like the, uh, this was made i believe last year kind of released in india earlier this year and then hit u.s theaters and uh you know i i think a lot of times in indian cinema indian movies will play like regal or amc theaters yeah. or whatever and you know, I would, I remember like seeing them like just see, in showtimes or like when I used to have movie pass, I would see it pop up in my thing and I'd be like, oh yeah, interesting. Like a Bollywood movie's playing here or whatever. But I never like actually went out of my way to go see them because I had no idea what they were. And like that I had would never hear about them outside of the fact that it was playing for like, you know, a week at AMC or, right, <laughs> or yeah. whatever, you know? And then with Triple R, you know, it got the, uh, the release. It played for a little bit at AMCs and Regals and stuff. Uh, and I saw a few people in my Twitter feed see the movie and go absolutely nuts for it. It was like two or three people who yeah. were like talking about it, like saw it and were like, oh my God, this is like the best thing I've ever seen. And so it was a little bit on my radar at that point. And then word just kind of started to spread like a little, like slowly over the course of a few months about this movie. And to the point where this became, uh, I mean, this became India's highest gross movie of all time, I believe. Wow. Uh, 
And, you know, it, it, and this is like, we, we should talk about this, but like the two stars of this movie, uh, N.T. Ramarao Jr. and Ram Charan, they are like two of India's biggest stars. Right. Like just straight up, they're like two of the biggest stars making movies in India today. Their very first time working on a movie together, uh, and they're the two leads of this film. And it's directed by S.S. Rajamuli, who is also one of India's like superstar directors. Uh, and uh, actually the reason the movie's called Triple R, which I may mention in the off-mic episode, is because all three of their names start with R. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like a working title where it was like, oh, three, these three guys have worked together r r r uh, and then at some point they were like, I think we could just sell a movie on this. We could just call, yeah. <laughs> just call it Triple R. And then it ended up working out for them, uh, you know. But I think the uh, the Patrick Williams video that I mentioned uh, kind of puts the idea out there. They're like, that's like if they made the post and it was called like Streep Hank Spielberg, you know. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what the name of the movie was. There is a subtitle to it, but uh, who cares? Uh, in, in I, believe, the... I believe the subtitle is different in every language. Really? Um, Interesting. Yeah. Like to, to change with like the different languages and stuff. That's cool. Um, so, yeah. But in English, it's right. Rise, roar, revolt right. uh, is what the three R's stand for. And then also like water and like the R gets like, you know, yeah. emphasized in water and fire and the R gets emphasized. They really go all in on the R's uh, in triple R. Um, but yeah, early June, like word had spread enough where like, hey, this is like a pretty big kind of crossover hit. Uh, there's interest in this. Like people are starting to talk about this. Uh, and more people want to watch it. And so it hit Netflix uh, in Hindi, but it also went back into theaters for one night only in most places uh, doing an encore presentation encore presentation that's <laughs> no. how they stylized it <laughs> there's Amazing. three r's in the word encore and that's when i saw like everybody i know in new york uh every like new york film critic i guess went to the, the yeah. screening of triple r and just people went nuts for this movie uh and it was pretty cool to see and so i saw it right after that and uh yeah i've been talking about it nonstop. but it is one of those things where i think about it and i'm like i wonder if like is all indian cinema like this like is uh, do i have to like dive into a lot of stuff now yeah yeah i've seen a lot of um i haven't like looked at any of them but i've seen a lot of uh like publications and critics and stuff that like know about indian cinema put together like oh here's a 15 film like crash course like now that now that you've been your interest has been peaked like why watch these ones and see what else gets you going. Right. Uh, so I'm definitely interested. Like I texted you, like, how do I go back to Hollywood movies now? Like they, what, what's the fucking point of American cinema anymore? They're so boring. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Um, and I guess this is going to be my new, my personality now is how, <laughs> like just, how it feels just getting into Indian cinema. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I mean, just for uh, oh, for one thing, S.S. Rajamuli's previous films, uh, the Bahubali series, uh, are on Netflix right now. Nice. Uh, and so, yeah, maybe worth uh, checking those out. But yeah, I, I think that this is going to be like that kind of crossover hit that gets people into Indian cinema, which is a pretty awesome thing. And it's just a, a pretty wild ride, man. I mean, like I, saw, I, I watched it for the first time just alone in my house, and it was like relatively late at night. I wasn't sure like how much I was going to get into it, um, but I ended up getting very into it. And then when I saw it again in the theaters, like I was like fully pumped to yeah. see it again. Like I saw it again like a week later, which is something I don't often do anymore. You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. My only complaint would be the uh, like lack of a clear intermission in the Netflix version, right? Because there's no like the music never stops playing and the. Image image lasts maybe like 15 seconds and then it right. continues. But, yeah. The, the intermission is when like there's the big fight. They have the big fight at the compound where the animals are attacking and stuff. And yeah. I, I believe the last image you see before the intermission is, is um, Raju crying like blood going into his eye and then coming out as a tear and as he's crying. And yeah. Then it, transitions into the word triple R. <laughs> well, so in the Netflix version, there's no title. Like it doesn't say right. intermission. Yes. That, that was why, like, cause me and my friends were watching it and that happened. And I was like, I feel like this is an intermission point. Yes. But it, it like I said, it lasts 15 seconds or whatever. And then they, it just it picks right back up. So I was like, well, okay, strange. 
And then I had I was googling it while we were watching the movie. I was like, oh, that was the interview. Like I've had a pee for so long. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I could have paused it at a natural point, but now I have to interrupt the scene. But yeah, and then I saw somebody like posted a picture on Twitter of like heads up, Netflix doesn't have it. This is when the intermission is, and it in yep. the theater it says intermission on the with three R's, uh, <laughs> of course. Um, anyway, that was just like a weird like streaming thing. You know, I was like, what? Why? Why not have that? <laughs> Why not just put yeah. the word intermission on screen, you know? Well, they got to wait until they recut it into a four-part series on Netflix. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, naturally. <laughs> it's a deep-cut Hateful Eight reference for, yeah. for people out there. But uh, yeah, Triple R, I mean, one of the cool things about this is that it's so, it's so it feels like so many movies all in one. Yes. Um, you know, because it is an absolutely insane action movie. It is also a musical. Uh, it is also like a romantic comedy for like 20 minutes. Yep. Uh, it kind of like throws that in there and it's very charming. It's very fun. And, you know, there's just so many different film genres that it's playing around with and it does it all so expertly and it's weaving together these different plots. It's also historical fiction uh, because the two characters that uh, are being played here are like two real life Indian revolutionaries uh, right. from this era that, from what I understand in real life, never met each other. Like they had <laughs> nothing to do with each other. <laughs> okay. Uh, so they're like taking two like historical figures from India and then creating this like entirely like made up tale at, at a whole cloth with them. That's cool. Yeah, I saw somebody tweeting about like, I don't remember who it was, but basically the idea of comparing this to, you know, as like one of the biggest Indian movies like of all time and also like the highest grossing and all this stuff, like, you know, the Marvel movies here in the US. Yeah. Where... Those movies feel so like rote and bland and weird uh, because they have to serve that 30 picked 30 movie franchise and also set up 10, 10 sequels and like do all the stuff that we always complain about with the with the comic book movies uh, and all that stuff. Whereas Triple R can be a like three hour sprawling epic that does 10 different genres and like all this weird shit and. Yeah. And kind of meander its way through all this stuff because it's serving a specific focused plot and pull it all back together in the last hour or 45 minutes or whatever it is. And it never feels like incomprehensible. Like you can have like everything feels has a point and is deserved and paid up, set up and paid off. Uh, that was the thing I noticed the most in the second viewing, like how much from that first half is like wink wink stuff is cut and then it's yeah. paid off in the second half which is like which is amazing i was not expecting like twisty turny stuff in this movie not that there's like big twists but there's lots of like backstory reveals and things in that second half of the movie yeah the first the first half especially plays so much different once you know uh raju's backstory yeah um, and you learn about his childhood and like the, the kind of thing with him and his father and you know doing the aim and you yeah. know all that kind of stuff and you see that first half when you watch the first half again like you have that in your mind now and you're like oh and like i understand this character a lot more now exactly yeah the way this movie controls information is really interesting and it, and it doesn't ever really like what it's doing is basically like oh we didn't show you this the flashback long enough for you to understand this thing but it never feels like cheap the way that can sometimes feel right and i think that's just because every second of this movie rocks <laughs> that when you see the like full flashback you're just like holy shit and it kind of blows your mind a little bit uh and then the way it just pays everything off you know yeah absolutely i think it's interesting you mentioned that i mean you compare it to the marvel movies and stuff because if you watch uh, videos of this online you know and you see like videos of people reacting to spider-man no way home or avengers endgame or whatever you know cat picks up thor's hammer and the theater goes nuts and stuff stuff uh you see videos of people in india watching triple r it is fucking madness that's amazing <laughs> it is, it's like unbelievable like and this is a movie that like you know has no 
pre-existing, you know, fan base outside of the fact that the people are fans of these stars and this director, essentially. Right. And, you know, like apparently the uh, the video, there's like a 10 second clip of them doing like a, a quick, like kind of dance during the Natu dance mm-hmm. um, where they're kind of like arm in arm and like sidestepping together. That went viral like last year when they released that as like a promo like stuff, just that 10 second video. And then there were like people like on TikTok, like recreating the dance and doing all the stuff. And then like when they came out in theaters, like people were in the aisles, like doing that dance. Wow. Which which was absolutely nuts. And you see people just absolutely going nuts for the movie more so than you like, like I think it has a more raucous reception <laughs> than a lot of the Spider-Man no way home or Avengers Endgame like reactions you would see online, that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was in my basement ready to like start thrip, ripping shit off the walls. Like I don't right. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> um, and I've don't know any of these things, uh, you know, so I get it. I get th- this movie has a, a very, uh, infectious energy, like when it gets going and yeah, there's a couple moments, particularly, I think it's in like the water, the, the, the most noticeable one for me, at least was in the water prologue when um, we beat Beam and the tiger and all that shit. Um, And they're doing, I mean, they're not like referencing this, but it's the scene in in Captain America Winter Soldier with the helicopter and Captain Cap is like stopping it from lifting off. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Civil War, that's from Civil War. Is this what I say? Winter Soldier? Uh, Winter Soldier, yeah, Yeah, that's from Civil War. It doesn't matter, but that's it. Whatever, yeah. (laughs) Um, And Beam is doing this with the net and the ropes and the the, like peg comes out and he's holding them by himself. And it's the same, like, look how fucking ripped this dude is, is basically the point of the scene. And I was like, this is 8,000 times better than the scene with Captain America. Who gives a shit about Chris Evans? Like, I don't care about him anymore. Um, you know, it's, it, I don't know. It's just one of those things where there's a couple of things like that where you're just like, it's just heightened so much more than we would ever do in these Hollywood movies, especially the Marvel movies and stuff like that. Where like so much of that has to be, this is the real world, quote unquote, and how right, like yeah. the real world would react to that. And th- there's no 0% care given to that in triple R. Yeah, this one actually takes real people and puts them in this entirely heightened fictional world. (laughs) And they're the only two people that are like this. It's the funniest thing. Um, Where everybody else is just like a normal dude, and these guys are just literal superheroes, like jumping twenty feet in the air, uh, yes, <laughs> over crowds, and it's just like fine. Like no, nobody reacts in any way. It's yes, it's wonderful. The, the moment where they meet for the first time, which leads to the like the title reveal of Triple R and stuff, when like the bit the bridge explodes and they have to save that one kid who's in the water, and you know one of them's up there and they run up to the other one, and you know one of them's on a horse, one of them's on a motorcycle. They like do this big jump. He's like, waving the Indian flag in the air. Yeah. And then wraps himself in the Indian flag to protect him from the fire and stuff. And, uh, you know, they save the kid and then their arms clasp and the title comes in. Triple R. Man, like it's it's cinema, baby. It's fucking cinema. And then it's like a five minute song montage uh, of yes. them being the two best friends that anyone's ever had. And it's wonderful. Like it's it doesn't feel hokey or cheesy. You're just like totally believe that these two people are in love with each other in a like platonic way. Uh, and it's amazing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of the great bromances uh, yes. <laughs> in modern cinema. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. Also, Ray Stevenson's in this movie, uh, yeah. which we should mention there. He's the villain. He plays Governor Scott Buxton, uh, who has that like great evil villain monologue of like, do you know what the cost of a silver bullet is or the value of a bullet? Right. Yeah. Like when it, by the time it got to your gun, it cost like six shillings and you're going to like, you know, the, the most racist, the most evil, like over the top bad guys yeah. in this movie. Uh, you know, and Ray Stevenson like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Ray Stevenson like just dives right into it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and just the way that, um, just like all of the colonials are portrayed is just like, wow, chef's <laughs> like, the, it's amazing. And, and even what's her name? Jenny, I, 
think the like ro- the romantic comedy section yes, of the movie. Yes, the love interest for Beam. Yeah, and and also Sita, Sita too, um, Raju's fiance. But like they're those two women are both like barely in the movie. Like they're in like maybe ten minutes each. Sure, yeah. In a three hour movie, so like barely in it, and then they're just both prominently featured in the big dance number at the end, and you're just like, yes. yeah, like, yeah, we did it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. My friends and I, like, after the movie ended, uh, or, like, the plot, and then, the but, like, as it, like, fades to black, me and my friends are like, there's going to be a dance number. There's going to be a dance. And then, like, it comes back up, and they start dancing. We're like, yeah! We're just losing our minds. <laughs> and the dancing's incredible, too. It's so I, I mean, good. Like, these, these musical sequences that are in this movie, there's, there's, like, two major dance sequences in the movie. There's the Natsu, and there's the end credits. Um, but then there's also the, uh, the sequence where they use, I mean, they have, there's a few different songs, like you mentioned, where they kind of just like use the song for exposition, where they like say like, how long can this friendship last? They, all that kind of thing. It's like a Broadway um, thing. It's wild. Yeah, exactly. But then there's like that one standout sequence um, where uh, after Raju has betrayed Beam and uh, Raju is being forced to whip Beam in like a public flogging, like yeah. in front of everybody. And Beam just breaks out into this like intense, like soul searing song. Yeah. <laughs> and while he's being whipped uh, and it's like this insane sequence where Raju is whipping him. He's using this whip with spikes on it. It's like tearing the flesh from his bones. He won't Um, kneel. Yes, but he won't kneel and beam standing strong. And, you know, it's just fucking incredible. Yeah. And then, and then I love after that where like Raju is like, you know, I forget exactly the sentiment he's saying, but like, how can I do this to my people? Like he's realizing that like, you know, he's had to sacrifice his morals for his, his goals to get the weapons and stuff. And then he says like, but, but look at beam, like he inspired everybody in the crowd with a song. And it's like, they acknowledge like, you know, in musicals, they never acknowledge that they're singing. Right. <laughs> in this, like, yeah, that dude just fully had a song moment while, <laughs> while it's getting whipped. Uh, if you're looking at it in the like, you know, realism plot at lens, which is useless for this movie, but it was just very funny and like a little, a little shocking for a second to be like, Oh, wait a second. <laughs> like all of the stuff is happening for real within this movie. Yeah. And that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're really like diving into, like I said, these are like two real historical figures from Indian history that have kind of like been brought up as like the stuff of legend almost. Right. Uh, and I think this movie is like really diving into like these guys as legendary figures uh, within Indian history for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it's just, it's so much fun. Like when you, when you kind of are just allowed or when the movie allows itself to just play with that, like, I don't, I don't, there's such a weird, we have such a weird, uh, like fascination or attachment to like historical realism and, and like, you know, Robert Eggers using a hand crank silent camera era, like silent era film, silent era camera to make the lighthouse. Sure. As much as I love the lighthouse and I love Roger, Robert Roger, Robert, what the hell? Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers. I don't know what just happened to my brain. Robert Eggers and and the way that lends like an extra layer of reality or whatever to that movie and stuff. Uh, and then you come hold it up against something like this where it's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, these two guys lived at different different eras at different times, never met each other, but like they're going to be best bros. And you're like, yeah, yeah what yeah, if they, they did know each other and what if they were the best friends that ever existed? <laughs> exactly. What if what if friendship <laughs> could destroy an empire, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And that is, uh, I mean, their their friendship is so good in this movie and it results in so many incredible sequences. Uh, we mentioned that uh, the whipping sequence, the flag, the, the Natsu. I mean, what other sequences in this movie like stand out to you as like among the best? Like there are so many. So, I mean, <laughs> do we have Take three hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> should we just watch Triple R again? I, sh- I think we should quick? just watch Triple R. Yeah. No. Um, 
Um, all of all of it though, but for real, I there's the one moment I think it's at the very end where where it's like cinema baby when the whole big fight and the breakout and you know and, and they've been reunited Beam and Raju after their great betrayal and fallout and and Sita explains to Beam that like Raju had to uh, sacrifice his morals and that he had to betray his best friend for these kind of noble goals and Beam realizes what happened and then they have the big huge fight scene in the forest which is that's probably the coolest shit that was when I was ready to throw shit like rip shit off the walls um, yeah. But at the very end of that, when they finally kill, you know, I guess spoilers, a person, I don't know, I'll save it. <laughs> Just to, yeah, I think, I think we can go into spoilers. It's totally fine. Yeah. Uh, when they kill Governor Scott and the blood splashes across the, the map behind him of the British Empire over the yes. words, the sun never sets on the British Empire. Ah. It was just like, yeah, <laughs> fucking cinema, baby. It's the when dinosaurs ruled the earth of, yes. uh, of a triple R for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and like, that's the one thing, like as much as this movie is kind of a big bombastic over the top action movie, like it is amazing, like beautiful, like all of the cinematography and everything looks so good. Oh, yeah. uh, and it never once feels like the kind of crazy choppy action, American action thing where you can't really ever follow what's going on. Uh, you can see everything and it's, and it looks awesome. Yeah. CGI also, I think it's really interesting too, yeah. because all, all the animals and stuff are CGI in this movie. And I feel like they're noticeably CGI, but in a way where it feels like it feels that there's like weight to the CGI in this, in this yes. movie. And it's kind of tough to explain, but it feels like the actors are actually interacting with something. And it feels like just the look of it, like there's maybe it's the use of lighting and shadow on the CGI, whatever it is. But for like, I feel like there are so many Hollywood movies uh, with CGI that feels so weightless and empty and watching it here. Like they, they use it mostly for the animals. It's like otherwise used pretty sparingly, I think. Yeah. And, you know, whenever you got like the tiger on screen and stuff, it's obviously CGI, but it looks good. Like there's just something that looks good about it. Yeah, I don't know. And it, and it starts. I don't know if it be, it's because it the movie starts with that like title card or whatever about like no animals were harmed oh yeah whatever i think it says all the animals are cgi in this yeah it's just like every animal is computer generated and i was like oh, that's interesting but it like it kind of gets you prepped for that so when they do show up you're just kind of like yeah this looks pretty good you know it's it never once is that kind of like is this real not not that american movies try that but there's like kind no, of but, but i think because of how stylized and how heightened this is yes, like it feels yeah. like it kind of fits in within the world of this movie yeah like you're willing to accept some more cartoonish stuff not they look cartoonish but uh right but there's a cartoony element to this movie also right exactly yes absolutely and yeah that moment when beam is pouring the blood on himself at the beginning and to get the wolf to chase him yes and while and he's then a tiger ends up chasing him and he looks down and sees the tiger prince also and then the tiger leaps out and it's the fucking coolest shit ever yep and then you never see them again well you don't see them for a long time until he gives his brother like the side of beef and you hear like the roar that he's in the other and you're like what are they keeping this tiger for like there's just yes. this movie builds so much tension uh or not maybe not tension excitement throughout it without you ever really realizing it i don't think until they fucking pivot that you know handbrake that truck and rip the canvas off and all the animals come flying out yeah i mean that that whole sequence which is like 20 minutes or whatever that that yeah. whole sequence i think is the highlight of the movie for me just leading into the intermission mm -hmm. um it is just fuck like, it just feels like it continues to top itself like every single moment yeah because i mean the the whole thrust of that first act is that uh you know i think it's beams uh somebody from beams village i believe he calls her a sister but like culturally they just like that just means like they're part of the same village together right but uh yeah somebody from his village has been kidnapped by you know, the evil governor and his wife, Catherine Buxton played by Allison duty, who was Elsa Schneider and in Indiana Jones and the last crusade. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> 
Did you not realize that? I, Mike? Did, I did just, not did realize I just that at you? all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She was the evil Nazi from Last Crusade, which is wild. And that's awesome. Know, she talks. She talks in her sleep. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so yeah. So the the girl from the village has been kidnapped by the uh, by the uh, by the British, and so Beam is like on a mission to get her back. And so that entire first half of the movie is him trying to you know, get everything together and figure out where she's being held and stuff. And he finally figures it out and they enact their plan and they go and they infiltrate and they have this, all these animals, these tigers and lions and like wolves and all these like really ravenous animals just like let them loose among this like party that the British are having. But this is also when Raju reveals himself as actually working for the British, but then it's actually revealed he's working for the British as a way to get away from the British, you know, it's, (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, there's layers to what Raju is doing, but you don't know that yet. And so, yeah, that, that whole sequence where they unleash the animals, they're just attacking guards left and right. Uh, Beam is, is knocking motherfuckers down left and right. And then Raju comes in and they have to fight. Uh, and there's the one sequence, like the, sh- the two shots where it shows like all the fire behind yeah. Beam, like the fireworks going up, yeah. or the fireworks behind uh, Raju. And then behind Beam, he like the water fountain has exploded. So all the water is spraying everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> It's just the so co- cool. What if the coolest shit, but for three hours? That's the whole movie. <laughs> and I don't understand what the point yes. of cinema is if not that, you know? And it's such an intense fight that they go into. I mean, they're like on the ground, they're up on the roof, they're, t- they're he's trying to like jump and all that kind of stuff. It, it goes all over the place and there's so many layers to it. Uh, it's it's so good, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it just feels like arch, like operatic, just like the biggest thing you've ever seen uh, for three hours, you know? And and every moment of it fucking rocks. I don't don't get it. How'd they do this, Mike? (laughs) I don't understand. Yeah, well, I mean, I I guess this is what, uh, from what I understand, and specifically Tollywood in India has been killing it the last uh, few years. They've been really making a lot of really good stuff, and Triple R is the one that really broke through. But uh, yeah, I definitely want to check out at least more movies from this director, S.S. Rajamuli, who does appear in the movie also. Uh, he really? pops up in the end credits song in Shole, where he's, if you watch that sequence, uh, you may notice like everybody's like singing and dancing and stuff. And then like one random guy who has not been in the movie starts singing. I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the director, S.S. Rajamuli. Good for him. You know? <laughs> he jumps in there, which is a lot of fun. That's awesome. <laughs> You know, which now I want to see, like, you know, if, if like, Spiel, I, I was going to say, if Spielberg made a musical, he just made West Side Story. If, like, but, like, West Side Story should have ended with Spielberg jumping in there, you know? Yeah, singing directly to camera. That would have been amazing. <laughs> would have been awesome. Should have happened. Um, but, uh, yeah, other highlights of this movie that uh, I want to kind of just kind of quickly mention. I mean, the sequence before the kind of final battle sequence where he breaks Raju out of, out of jail. Yeah. And they're jumping on each other's shoulders and they're, like, fighting people off. Like, man. So good. 10 out of 10. It's just so great. 10 like ama- absolutely incredible. Yeah. I was watching it with uh one of the people I play D&D with and uh we're both of our characters are like the frontline fighters for our party and he was like we should do this. Next <laughs> like like in next time we play Dungeons and Dragons I will ride on your character's shoulders and I was like yes I'm in. <laughs> Where it's now a triple R themed campaign that you guys are Correct. doing actually. <laughs> Correct. I'm in. Um yeah. I don't, just everything about it. Everything about it is nuts and it's perfect. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I, I feel like I want to just like rattle off all the cool shit that happens in the movie, but I don't think I'd even be able to like scratch the surface of everything that's cool and, in the movie, you know? And yeah, the way that it, it's able to use its three hour runtime, one, having an intermission, well, beautiful. It's like, yeah, perfect. It's, it's only a five minute intermission, but it does help. Yeah, it does help. Um, but, 
but be, within the storytelling and, and kind of like pacing and stuff to like let the scenes that need to be long be long. Like that whole segment with uh, Raju's flashback to his uh, father and like the village and when he's trying to train, right. he's training them with the with the like wooden rifles and all that stuff and then the British show up. It lets that whole sequence play out because, you know, it's got the runtime to do that and, and to earn all, all the like emotional turmoil and stuff that we now understand to give the context to the last hour and 45 minutes that we just watched why Raju had to betray Beam uh, and all that stuff and that I think that sequence is like 20 minutes it's pretty long that the flashback yeah that, it takes a while yeah so yeah I, I don't know the way that it uses all that the, the length very effectively and and doesn't feel three hours like it is definitely like an undertaking but it does not feel like you're not ever really like okay Lily, look at Twitter real quick. You're just like enraptured the whole time. Yeah. I mean, both of us rewatched the movie like shortly after watching it for the first time. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you watched it the next day. Uh, and then I got to see it like a week later. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that speaks to just how like engrossing this is over its three hour runtime, uh, which is pretty great. Uh, and then also the Natu is like one of the most delightful sequences that has been on film in in, in many years, I think. It's it's so great. Yeah. And you know, I, I think uh, I think I think my favorite thing about it is the way that it's like, uh, you know, they're like the whole thing starts because like, you know, the uh, the evil white British guy is, uh, you know, kind of is being a racist. And he's saying to Beam that like, oh, he's just, you know, a savage and all that kind of stuff. Like, he doesn't know the final things in life. Yeah. Uh, and dance. then. Yes. And then Raju comes to his rescue and is like, oh, well, do you know not to? And it's like, what's not to? And they just launch right into the song. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, me and my friend was like, okay, new pact. If we're ever at a wedding and one of us gets tripped, just start drumming. Um, because that, <laughs> that's how Raju saves, uh, saves Beam. Um, yes, absolutely. It was like, okay, deal. Yeah, and then that whole dance sequence is amazing and it culminates in like the dance battle, like the in battle of endurance with this dance and uh, they beat all the white people and then how it comes down to Beam and Raju and Raju just being like the ultimate wingman. When he sees yes. that Jenny wants beam to win he like takes a fall for him so beam yes. could be the victor a real obvious fall but still a yeah. fall nonetheless <laughs> and i love the hilarious like hard cut after that to raju carrying beam on his like pick, giving him a piggyback because <laughs> beam's like my legs don't work anymore um hilarious yes. like so good yeah so good. I mean, I, lo- I love that sequence too, where it's like, you know, they're doing the dance battle and it's like the two of them versus that like one lousy, like British guy. Yeah. Uh, and then he finally falls and then it's the two of them and they're still dancing and they're like, oh, they're smiling and stuff. And then they like just start looking at each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like clearly now they want to beat each other and now have to dance off between the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, because they're best friends, but they're also like very competitive with each other uh, and that kind of thing. And then Raju takes the fall, um, which was pretty great. Yeah. Fucking this movie rocks, man. Yeah, man. The Natu, it's great. Triple R, it rules. Uh, people should watch it. It is on Netflix right now, and uh, I, I would recommend watching it on Netflix. Just, I mean, it's it, it is obviously in Hindi and not in Telugu, so there's that aspect of it. But I would recommend it, a if you can watch it in a theater. Absolutely watch it. In a I theater. can't it imagine is, what this would be like. Yes, it's well worth it. I mean, you say that it's like people are people tearing their chairs out of the, th- of the seats and all that kind of stuff, and I was like, it's close. Like <laughs> it's. It feels like <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to be held responsible for my actions if I saw this with a larger <laughs> crowd. <laughs> so yeah, if it is playing in a theater near you, uh, recommend go see it. But if it's not for whatever reason, just watch it at your nearest convenience, like wherever you can watch it. And uh, Netflix, I think, is the easiest place to watch it for a lot of people. Uh, so yeah, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, I'm like not really being hyperbolic when I say between this and everything everywhere all at once. Like I understand the reason for cinema existing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah 
take that for what it's worth, you know? Yeah, you know, there, there have been good movies over the past few years, but I feel like, uh, you know, 2019, I think, was like a really great movie year. I think 2020 and 2021, obviously, were a little bit lighter on a lot of the films that were coming out because of, you know, the pandemic. Yeah. You know, because of that because of that whole thing. But uh, I, I feel like 2022 has been a really strong movie year for this first half. Uh, there, there are movies that I've really, really loved uh, this first half of the year uh, that kind of made me remember, like, oh, yeah, man, the movies. This is why I love the movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, and I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, this is why I love watching movies and and like what art can affect in you. You know, it's like one, like it's right. like that kind of reaction to these two, to those two movies. Uh, it's very, it's very wild to experience. Yeah, absolutely. So that uh, is our endorsement of Triple R, which was my birthday movie, and uh, I'm glad I chose it for uh, because I, I I knew I I knew Mike had to see this movie at some point. Yeah. Um, but I I don't I don't know if you would have watched it had I not like pushed you to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I don't know if I would have pushed play probably just because of the three hour runtime eventually, right. you know, uh, maybe I would have gotten to it, but I, like, I still haven't seen Irishman because it, that's four hours or whatever that is. Uh, well, that's next year's birthday movie. Mike, so get ready. Yeah. Uh, put it on the <laughs> make Mike watch list. Um, and Although it's, it's not going to elicit the same feeling as triple R. It's no. more like a, it's, it's more like a quiet existentialism that you get after watching the Irishman. Yeah. Make me watch silence and the Irishman and I'll just cry. Um, <laughs> This is, but yeah, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, but I probably would have never gotten it. It would have been in the queue, like on my watch list, like the that fucking Formula One documentary you've had for ten years. Um, I think I may have finally taken it out of the watch list, <laughs> or or it's not on Netflix anymore. Either one of the two. But uh, Senna is what you're talking about, which uh, is a documentary that I heard was good back in 2010 or 2011, and I put it in my Netflix queue when it was there, and then just never watched it. <laughs> never watched it. This might this had big watch list for ten years potential. Uh, Okay. <laughs> so I'm glad you you made me actually push play. Yes, absolutely. So that's Triple R, uh, directed by SS Rajamuli. Again, it's on Netflix right now. But if you can see it with the crowd, definitely recommend seeing it with the crowd. I'm jealous. Yes. I mean, I, I think you should try to hold like a special screening of Triple R at a theater near you, Mike, or, or at least just like gather people around, like you know, yeah. from near or far <laughs> to, to whoever. wherever I am. Um, yeah, exactly. I yeah, I'll make. I will also rent out the Roxy, which is the independent theater near your house. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. All right, so I think that's uh, going to bring us to the end of this week's episode, Mike. Yes, yes. Happy birthday once again. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so you're, uh, almost, you're, 30, you're not 30 now, right? I'm 29 now. Ah, uh, just missed. It's, the clock is ticking, though. Now I am uh, 364 days away from turning 30, and it feels weird, Mike. It's, it's uh, I mean, strange. You're, you're, you're already 30, so you've, 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 you've reached that point already. Yeah, I've... Um, um, but I, I feel like the anticipation is going to be worse than it actually is turning 30. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Nothing changes really. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like uh, the next day I'll still be the same unhappy person. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When you turn 30, watch triple R and you'll feel fine. There you go. That's, that's the remedy for turning 30 is to watch triple R really just, if you're having a bad day, watch triple R and it's going to be great. Correct. Well, there you go. All right. So that I believe brings us to the end of this week's episode. Mike, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, you could do that at our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods, plural, because we have two podcasts. Yes, we do. You can find me online at M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film and Letterboxd, Radio Mike Sandwich Instagram. Uh, thanks so much for listening to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike DeCrecio. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Mike and Mike Pod. You can find the rest of our podcast on Rapture Press, alongside many other podcasts with all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. And next week, it uh, looks like we'll be doing some 
some discussions on the podcast. Uh, I was kind of talking about some of the stuff we've been watching recently, which for me, I guess I got to watch some stuff. I have not had the chance to watch like anything in the last like two weeks. Oh man, am I going to have <laughs> more discussions than Mike Smith? That's a genuine possibility, I think, at this uh, point. Uh, I don't know. I used six hours to watch Triple R twice. So, <laughs> <laughs> What if we do discussions next week and it's just us talking about Triple R again? <laughs> it's just now a Triple R rewatch podcast. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, if we if we use like a triple R minute podcast, it's a three hour movie. It would take us 180 episodes to get through the entire thing, which would take us like three years. So <laughs> I think it's doable. It's possible. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely it's a definite possibility. So uh, stay tuned for triple R minute episode one next week. <laughs> In the meantime. Uh, the Complete Works gearing up for a potential review of Thor Love and Thunder. We're still unclear if Chef Goldblum's actually in the movie or not. <laughs> yes. I really sincerely thought you just said Chef Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> he could be in it too. You know, it's, it's possible. definitely possible. And that, that would actually be incredible if like Jeff Goldblum was in the movie, but it was just as like Chef Goldblum on a TV that Thor is watching or something. <laughs> yes. He's watching Tim and Eric. That'd be amazing. Yes. <laughs> that's that's the development that Taika Waititi has brought to Thor as a character is that he's a huge Tim and Eric fan. Yeah. <laughs> he's really into alt comedy. Exactly. I saw uh, Tim Heidecker has a new like stand-up special thing coming out, so there's a chance that Chef Goldblum's in it. There you go. It's a possibility. I, th- I think we would have heard if Chef Goldblum's in it by now. I think so. <laughs> but still. Uh, so yeah, Thor Love and Thunder coming out soon, so uh, if Goldblum's in it, we'll do a Complete Works episode on it. Uh, if not, we might do a Mike Mike go to the movies. We will uh, see what happens. But that is the end of this week's episode of Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. So we'll see you on the other side. Wait, before we end, I want to give a shout out, plug uh, to to friend of the show, Ben Alaco's, uh, new has a novel out on, on oh, Amazon, yes. Mr. Ugly. Uh, it's out on Kindle. Go go check that out. Okay, Mr. Ugly is the name of the book and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to uh, Ben Alaco pretty soon uh, on the podcast. Yes. Uh, all right, I'll say it again. That is the end of this episode of Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. We'll see you on the other side. Yeah.